the 15th of Av, Toba Av, Jewish Valentine's Day, is perhaps one of the most enigmatic days on the Jewish calendar. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says in Talmud Tanit 26b, there was no greater festival for Israel than the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. On these days, the daughters of Jerusalem would go out and dance in the vineyards, and what would they say? Young man, raise your eyes and see what you select for yourself. So the month, the 15th of Av, is considered the day in which women of all ages, of all social statuses, would go out to the fields, wear white silk dresses, the rich would give to the poor and the poor would give to the rich, and dance in a circle. And men would come and they would partner up together. Now, it seems like a really special day, but but the truth is, we don't do this custom today. And how is 15th of Av on par with Yom Kippur? If you think about it, the 15th of Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year. It's like Shabbat. We don't use our phones. We don't drive. We fast. There's so many halachas pertaining to Yom Kippur. And then we have the 15th of Av, a day that the only way in which we really truly commemorate it is by not saying Tachnon. So the truth is, why is 15th of Av considered have the same energy and the same power of Yom Kippur? There must, ha- there must be some sort of transformative nature that po- is possessed on the 15th of Av. The 15th of every single month has extraordinary power. If you think about the Jewish calendar, so many of our Chagim actually fall out on the 15th of the month. The 15th of month is the day in which the moon is completely visible to us. The truth is that the moon is metaphorically represented to the story of our lives and the story of the Jewish people. The moon is the same size all the time, but our perception of it changes throughout throughout the month. In the beginning of the month, there is this complete darkness, but as the month goes on, the light shines and the moon grows. And at some point, we see a complete revelation of the moon. This is a metaphor to our lives at points in which there is complete darkness and complete light. The month of Av is a month of heavy, heavy darkness. And Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, the first and the second temple were destroyed. The reason that we are in this mess in the first place. But now, on the 15th day of Av, seven days later, all of a sudden, the dark, all the darkness of this month is transformed into this deep, bright light. Because the truth is, the darker the room, the lighter the light shines, the brighter the light shines. So too, in every single event in our lives, when things are dark, when things are terrible, when things go low, 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 know that the further back the arrow goes, the farther it will fly. The truth is, the 15th of Av has this transformative power, this transformative light that It only possesses because it comes after this great, great darkness. I love this song by Amir Dadon, and he says, It's always darkest before the sun rises. Now, what happened on the 15th of Av, and how did this transformative nature of the month permeate through every single aspect of the month? The first thing that happened on the month of Av is the dying of the generation of the Exodus seed, which meant that 40 years in the Midbar, after the Jews complained in the story of the spies, every single year on Tisha B'Av, the entire, all the men of the Jewish people would actually bury themselves. And every morning, 
only a portion would awake. For 40 years this occurred until the last year before the Jewish people were about to enter the land. On the 40th, the 40th year, the Jews again at Tisha B'Av buried themselves. And what happened? They woke up the next morning and everyone was alive. They thought to themselves, maybe we got the days wrong. And so the next seven nights, they buried themselves only to wake up on the 15th of the month and seeing a full moon in the sky in the desert. They recognized that they were all destined to enter the land and there was no way they would have missed Tisha B'Av. The transformation, this concept that from deep death, from sadness, from this concept of ending, there was a transformational nature in which now they were allowed to finally be predestined to the Holy Land. The next thing that happened on the month of Av is that the tribes of Israel were finally permitted to intertribally marry. Not intermarry, but marry within the tribes. The truth is that when Selechah's daughters came and complained to Moshe Rabbeinu and said like, if we marry, our piece of land is going to go to our husband and we are going to lose that piece of land. We're going to lose our father's inheritance because our father had no sons. Moshe Rabbeinu said, okay, from now on, this piece of land is going to stay in your name. But that meant that the women were not allowed to marry out of their tribes. Until the Jewish people, after seven years of dividing and seven years of conquering, finally lived in Israel. And every tribe had their own section of land, which meant that no matter who married who, that piece of land would remain part of Menashe if it was in the section of Menashe, which was considered a very happy day. It was a point in which it didn't matter. Everyone was unified. You could marry someone that you loved, even if they were from a different tribe. Additionally, in the concept of love and marriage, the tribe of Benyamin were permitted to re-enter the community through marriage. The terrible story that I still remember being traumatized in high school when a Pelegesh, a concubine of a man, was sort of left outside. The husband left his concubine outside in the section of Binyamin. And some thug bandits came and raped this concubine the entire night. Until the next morning, she arose. She was so weak from the abuse that they treated her that she died on the doorsteps. The husband, who didn't really treat his wife so well, was so appalled at what happened within the tribe of Binyamin and the way in which they treated each other. He took his wife, his concubine, and he cut her into 12 pieces and sent each piece to every single tribe and said to them, look how what happened in the area of Binyamin. From that point on, the Jewish people went to war with the tribe of Binyamin to the point that there was only 600 men left. Now these 600 men, and they said, no one is to marry the children. No one is to marry these people from Binyamin. We will not give our daughters to these men of Binyamin. But at that point, it had come clear that if no one would give their daughters to these men of Binyamin, the tribe of Binyamin would completely die out. And so they found a loophole. They said, okay, we can't give our piece, our daughter, to them, but perhaps they can take our daughters. And so again, the circle of love continued. And the daughters of the Jewish people danced in the fields, and the men of Binyamin went and met them. And that's how Shaul's parents met each other. The next thing that happens on Tobav is that Asheah ben Elah opened the roads to Jerusalem. 
After King Solomon died, his kingdom was split into two, the ten tribes in the north, under Yeravam, and the two tribes in the south, under Ahabam, son of King Solomon. And there was major roadblocks and taxes on the road to the point that the ten tribes in the north and the two tribes in the south did not, it was difficult to actually have, celebrate Chagim together in the Beit HaMikdash until 200 years later, Yeshua ben Ela, who wasn't the greatest, the greatest of leaders. He introduced a lot of idol worship into the Jewish people, but yet he transformed this division to unity. And at that point, he finally moved the roadblock. The Jewish people were able to be united and dance and daven together again. The sixth thing that happened on the month of Av, on the, seventh, on the 15th of Av, is that the dead of Beitar were allowed to be buried. When the second temple was destroyed, Rabbi Kiva was convinced that 70 years later, just like the, between the first and the second temple, there are 70 years, Rabbi Kiva was convinced that 70 years later, the Jewish people would finally be able to build the third temple. And at this point, there was a revolt with Bar Kahba in 133 CE, 63 years after the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. After putting up a very impressive fight, eventually thousands of Jews were murdered and the Romans massacred the survivors of the battle with great cruelty and did not allow the Jewish people to bury their dead. 15 years late, for 15 years, these bodies lay on the streets of Betar. A miracle happened that none of them disintegrated. But the great, great sadness and this end of futility, this fact that they not only were the Jewish people kicked out of the lands of Israel for the next 2,000 years, more than that, the dead remained littering the streets of Betar. At this point, it felt like their souls would never have a complete rest. Until 15 years later, on the 15th of Av, in 148 CE, they were finally allowed to be buried. At this point, the Chachamim added another bracha to our benching, Hatov Hametid. The last reason why we commemorate the 15th of Av is the day of the breaking of the axe. A very strange custom in which when the Jewish people lived in Hadabet Hamikdash, they needed a lot of firewood because every single day the Karbanah would burn on the temple. And in order for the carbonate to burn, there needed to be a lot of firewood, which meant that they would cut the firewood from the 1st of Nisan and they would end the cutting ceremony on the 15th of Av. At that point, they would break their axes and that would be the completion of the wood cutting ceremony. Now, for me, I think this is the most confusing reason. What is so significant? What is so special about the chopping down of the trees? And now they cannot cut additional wood. But still, why is it considered such a great joy, the 15th of Av? What is so significant about it? It's interesting because if we think about what the cutting of the wood represented, it represented this idea in which the Jewish people were all unified. What is karbanot? What is its significance? Karbanot is something that is really the heart and the great equalizer of what the Jewish people did in the Beit HaMikdash. The fact that everyone brought a karba, no matter what, and the wood was something that unified them. It was the main feature of why the temple was there. All day, the Mizbeach would burn, and all day and all night, the Kohanim were busy with 
the sacrifices of the Beis HaMikdash. And so what happened on the 15th of Av, that was the day that they were no longer able to essentially cut any more wood and they would break what would they do? They would break the barzel. They would break the axes that were used in order to break the wood. What is the significance of that? The truth is, stones were not allowed to be used on the altar. There was no iron that was able to use in the base Hamikdash. Why? Because iron represents destruction. Iron is a tool that is used to kill and murder people. Why, on the 15th of Ab, did they break their axe? to recognize that no longer we are going to even have to even use a tiny bit of steel with the base on Mikdash. It came to a point where the Jewish people were able to recognize that unity and love and connection triumph was triumphant over anything else. And they would break their axes. Because at this point, the greatest a- antithesis of war and hatred is complete unity. And no matter who you were, every single Jew partook in this wood that was brought on the base Hamikdash. There was no Jew that didn't in some way relate or some way use this wood that was actually burnt on the altar. So what is so special about the month of the 15th of Av? The 15th of Av represents transformation. It represents metamorphosis. But most of all, it represents unity. It represents the fact that in all seven examples, the Jewish people went from complete darkness to complete unity and oneness. They would dance in the circles. They were finally able to all daven all together in Beis HaMikdash. They were finally able to be, the tribe of Binyamin were able to be unified back with the Jewish people. There's this concept of unity and light that comes after the darkness. It's the same thing that essentially Yom Kippur represents. Yom Kippur is all about it. So much Yom Kippur. The day itself has this transformative quality. The day in which all our sins transform, completely transform to mitzvah. So too on the 15th of Av, of the dark, dark darkness that we experience and the darkness that we experience on the 9th of Av or the darkness that we experience in our personal lives. We have to remember that the darker and the deeper and the harder things are, the brighter, the light, and the hope truly is. The last beautiful thing that I want to share with you is this idea that there is no Yom Tov like the 15th of Av. If you think about it, the 15th of Av, if you count 15 letters of the Aleph Bet, Aleph Base, the 15th of Aleph Bet is a Samach. The concept of the 15th of Av is a circle. In the Gemara, in Tanit, straight after this portion, the Gemara ends off by talking about the fact that the Sadiqim dance in a circle. The Mashiach comes and Hashem sits in the middle. Because Kulano Sadiqim, when Mashiach comes, we'll all be considered righteous people. We will all be dancing in a giant circle around Hashem. Rabbi Akiva Ega says, what does this mean? That every single person has their own mission in this world. But what does it mean to all be dancing in a circle around Hashem? That we will all be equidistant from Hashem's holy light. The fact that Hashem is in the middle and we are all dancing around Hashem, we are all equidistant from Hashem, no matter what our mission is, no matter what level we're on. At the end of the day, 
the 15th of Av represent this complete unity. The fact that there is no Jew that is actually considered distant on the 15th of Av. This idea of a machol, the idea of a dance. The word machol also comes from mechila. Mechila means forgiveness. This is a hint to the fact that the 15th of Av is beginning, is, be- is the beginning of this journey of us that going through this concept of forgiveness from the 15th of Av all the way down to Simchat Torah, we work on our relation with Hashem. The 15th of Av begins that journey. 15 days before Rosh Chodesh Elul, 15 days before Rosh Chodesh Elul, we start to have a crush on Hashem. We begin our relationship with Hashem. And how does that begin? Through the unity that we have as brothers and sisters. And recognize that the only way in which we can get through the darkness is if we come together in dancing and in light. Wishing you a beautiful, meaningful Tol Av. Love, Hannah.